Welcome to episode 195 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are looking at The Lone Gunman, Season 1, Episode 8, Maximum Buyers. We've got an original air date of April 13th, 2001. The average IMDb user score is 7.5 out of 10. And the action primarily takes place in Texas. So the episode starts with the gunman trying to prove that a particular stage Elvis isn't actually faking it, but he is the real Elvis. They discover that he's definitely not the real Elvis, but he was faking it. He did have a lot of coincidental things, same birthday, same blood type. But as they dig into it, they find it's different fingerprints, different skin color, and he's actually on the run for a completely different set of crimes. If you watch that scene carefully, you will see an uncredited cameo by Erica Durance, who at that point hadn't done Smallville or any of the shows that she's really known for. It was very early in her career. Shortly after that, the gunmen are approached by one of their earliest subscribers. She's been subscribing since the very first issue. And her son is on death row for a crime she is absolutely convinced he didn't commit. And inspired by the A-team, Jimmy and Byers work their way into the system as prisoners. Of course, it's later when Eva Del Harlow says, didn't any of you think of masquerading as guards or anything like that? But they're in the system while Langley and Frohiki do their investigations out of the system, and they soon realize that, yeah, the guy that they're there to save really is guilty. But there are things to do. There is an innocent man in the prison who has been convicted of a crime that the guy they're there to help actually did commit. So they do help the man that they're there to help, not as in getting him out, but as in helping him clear his conscience and get back on the path. He gives a full confession, especially since his lawyer is actually involved in the real estate scheme that led to the murder he was convicted of. The lawyer hired him to do the job. So it is a bit of an interesting twist. Normally you expect in a story like this, the person there there to help really is innocent. Anyway, getting into the full casting crew. This was written by Frank Spotnitz and Vince Gilligan. We are very familiar with them. Now, this was directed by Vincent Misiano. This is his only credit for 1013, but he does have 45 directing credits to his name, including some from 2020, so he is still working today. His earliest directing credits go back to episodes of Ally McBeal in 1998. His IMDb best known for includes Prison Break, Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Level 9. Now, as I said, this was early in the career of Erica Durance. In fact, according to the IMDb, this is her first credited work. So after this, she did The Untold, House of the Dead, and so forth. Best known for playing Lois Lane on Smallville. But... She's also Dr. Alex Reed on Saving Hope, Joanna in House of the Dead, and Julie Miller in Butterfly Effect 2. Now, we've got a lot of familiar faces in the cast this week. So, 
Pfeiffer is played by Darren E. Burroughs. He played Bernard in an X-Files episode called Monday. We've talked about him before. Probably best known for his work in Northern Exposure. Now, Badia Jola plays Spike in this. He is the innocent man. Now, he's got 47 acting credits to his name, leading right up to his death at the young age of 56 in 2005. He is best known for his work in The Last Boy Scout, Mississippi Burning, An Innocent Man, and The Hurricane. Robert Lissardo is another familiar face. He's got 152 acting credits to his name. Looks like about a dozen or so are in post or pre-production. We discussed his work when he played Sissy Alvarez in the X-Files episode Amazing Malini. Similarly, Kevin McNulty has 221 acting credits to his name, still active today. He appeared in three episodes of The X-Files. He was Agent Bryant Fuller in two of them, Squeeze and Apocrypha, and also played Dr. Christopher Davey in Soft Light. Betty Lind plays Alberta Pfeiffer. She's the distraught mother who comes to the team for help. This is her only credit for 1013 Productions, best known for her work in Happy Gilmore, My Boss's Daughter, Stargate SG-1, and Zachariah Farted, according to the IMDb. She also had several guest appearances in the rebooted Outer Limits. We've discussed Mark Atchison's work before. He previously appeared in the episode Quagmire. So here he plays the trustee that gives buyers information about where to find Pfeiffer and so forth. We will actually see him again in the final episode of the series to date. So My Struggle 4 from Season 11. Gardner Miller plays a sergeant here. He had previously appeared in the X-Files. He played Mr. Biochi in Schizogeny, and we will see him again in Season 10. Now, we've seen Billy Mitchell before. Here he plays the MC on the ship, but he had previously appeared as a farmer in The Lone Gunman in the episode Like Water for Octane. Now, Derek Morrison is someone we haven't discussed before. He's got 24 credits to his name, but this is his first and only work for 1013. He played the chief guard in this episode. He is best known for his work in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, First Wave, Fringe, and Andromeda. And finally, Aaron Pearl plays Officer Tolan. This is his only 1013 credit, but he does have 128 credits to his name, including the rebooted Lost in Space that's running on Netflix now, The Man in the High Castle, One of Us is Lying, and Man of Steel, plus a few other projects that are in post-production at the moment. So quite a few familiar faces this week, but generally playing different roles than they played last time. It's generally an enjoyable episode that steps away from some of the cliches it could easily get trapped in. All right, that's about all we have to say about Maximum Buyers. The X-Files had been preempted in this week in 2001. So join us again in two weeks' time for the next episode of The Lone Gunman, Diagnosis Jimmy. Thank you for listening.